You're healthy. Radio addiction starts now. Power to the people. The Laura Ingram Show. Israel recognizes that it cannot permanently occupy and settle Palestinian land. We all have to do better as leaders in tamping down rather than encouraging a notion of identity that leads us to diminish others. The United States again reaffirms our unbreakable bond with our cherished ally, Israel. The partnership between our two countries, built on our shared values, has advanced the cause of human freedom, dignity, and peace. These are the building blocks of democracy. Trump's reading that statement notwithstanding. I think he should have just spoken without the read, but... Netanyahu standing with Donald Trump yesterday. What a change of mood and tone and approach, which I found heartening, and uh, I kept saying it's about time. Netanyahu himself was beaming, which I know doesn't make some of our Arab friends happy, but, you know, they're our, they're our ally. Uh, so what does this mean for the future of uh, U.S. Um, Middle East relations, our uh, unbreakable bond, as the president said, with Israel. Joining us now is Joel Rosenberg. He's a former advisor to Benjamin Netanyahu and founder of the Joshua Fund. He's the author of the forthcoming book, Without Warning. He joins us now. Joel, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be with you from Israel. Ah, fantastic. Uh, Joel, tell us what what you were thinking watching the two of them together yesterday in the uh, White House with clearly a, a very different tone after the shabby way that Netanyahu was treated by Barack Obama um, intermittently over the eight years when he was in office. Yeah, a night and day. <laughs> a night and day. It's just unbelievable. Like, let me be clear that um, when I worked for Netanyahu, that was in 2000, I was on, I was on his comeback campaign team. It, it took him nine more years to come back. So it's been a while. I don't want to claim to speak for him. But just uh, knowing him, observing him, uh, it, it's kind of amazing. You have to understand that Netanyahu has not had a Republican president in the White House while he's been prime minister ever. When he was prime minister in 1996 to 1999, uh, you know, obviously Clinton was in the White House. Mm -hmm. And when he, Netanyahu came back in 2009. Um, Barack Obama had just come to power, and these past eight years have been incredibly strained uh, with, with Obama, as you know, working more closely with Iran, America's worst enemy, Israel's worst enemy, the world's worst enemy, uh, than with our most important and trustworthy uh, ally in the region, for sure, perhaps in the world, that's Israel. So this is a total reversal of where we are. And I cannot give uh, President Trump an enormous amount of credit, not just for warming up this relationship, but for speaking some, some important truths uh, during that press conference yesterday, uh, including the idea that uh, the Palestinians have to stop inciting their own children to hate and uh, attack Israel. This is a very serious problem. Very few American presidents speak about it. Trump did. And, and of course, questioning 
whether you really can make a two-state solution uh, when you've had for almost 70 years now the Palestinians resisting. Going back to November 1947 when the UN created the partition plan to create an, a Jewish state and an Arab state, and instead the Palestinians uh, were part of attacking Israel, not agreeing to a state, and have rejected every offer for almost 70 years, you do have to ask, do they really want it? And the president asked that. Well, one of the things that uh, has surprised uh, some is what Trump has said on the settlements. Um, and this has been a sticking point for the Palestinians for some time. Let's listen. As far as settlements, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. Uh, we'll uh, work something out, but I would like to see a deal be made. I think a deal will be made. Well, what about that and Netanyahu's uh, – I know you can't get inside of his brain, but it seems like yeah. settlements continue. Well, that's just not going to – that's not going to fly with the with the Palestinians. They, they're, they're, they feel like for them that's kind of the ultimate kick in the face. Uh, and I know Israel's feeling about this, that this is their land and – it makes sense from their uh, their point, but what did what do you think Netanyahu was thinking there? I mean, they knew he had already said that once. Sure. Well, there was a statement that the White House put out several days ago, and it was it was fairly precise, and it and it essentially said that the White House wants to discuss this topic, obviously, with the Israeli government, but it wants there to be no new settlements outside of the existing. Jewish settlements uh, in uh, Judea and Samaria, what's known as the West Bank. Uh, there can be growth within the existing settlements, meaning you know people have children, they have families, they want to grow, they need to build an addition, they want to build a new apartment. So in, in areas that you already have existing settlements, um, there shouldn't be any problem, according to the Trump administration. But they wanted to not see new settlements outside of existing ones until they could at least have this conversation. Look, from Netanyahu's point of view, from the Israeli government's point of view, if the Palestinians won't even sit down and negotiate a final agreement, then they have no one to blame but themselves if Israel continues to build in Judea. Now remember, as Netanyahu pointed out, I think a little bit comically, but it's true also, why are Jews – I'm one of them. I'm a Jewish evangelical, but I'm Jewish on my father's side and now an Israeli citizen. Why are we Jews called Jews? Because we're from Judea. Judea is the biblical heartland. That is the territory that now is called by the world the West Bank. So we're not interlopers. We're willing to have a discussion. If somebody wants to make a peace deal with us, we'd like to do it, like we did with Egypt, like we did with Jordan. But if you're just going to resist for 70 years, it shouldn't really be surprised that people are going to start to build in territory that is not occupied, it's disputed. You're listening to The Laura Ingram Show, 855-40-LAURA. Uh, I noticed yesterday that Netanyahu called out Jared Kushner, who has been uh, tapped yeah. to be involved and perhaps lead the efforts in Middle East peace. Now, he's a smart guy. He's, uh, he's 36 years old. He's run a real estate empire, but what's the thinking on that, do you think, and what what does that say to uh, others in the region? 
Well, you know, Laura, it's, it's an interesting question because uh, I don't know him. I, I don't know Jared personally. I'm reading about him. Uh, he seems like a smart guy. He obviously has his father-in-law's trust and is, is a pretty sharp guy. I mean, there, I don't think there's any, any question about it. Well, there are and a lot of sharp people out there who can't negotiate. There are a lot of smart people who've, who've tried to broker a well, peace deal and never worked. So. In this case, I will tell you that, Laura, that I'm uncomfortable with the idea that he would be in this role. One, this is the most complicated negotiation and, and conflict on the planet in the history of mankind. Two, I don't think you should make it personal. Right. You know, you, you, know, you don't want to make it about family. You want to make it about it, – it's complicated enough. So I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, but look, you have to understand, Laura, and I think you know this about me. I was a never-Trumper until about a week before the election. I was very cautious, very concerned, but in the end, it was clear. I admit, I came in late, uh, but I, I ended up believing, of course, we have to stop uh, Hillary. And now I'm mostly encouraged by what I've seen by the new president. The team he's put around him has been fantastic. Um, his vice president is somebody I know personally, and I just couldn't be more grateful that he's in that position. But he's got to make some careful choices and not go too family. Uh, you know, you, you've got to put professionals now. Professionals who agree with not the State Department's view, but with the American people's view that Israel is our most important ally. Yes, Jordan is an ally. Egypt's an ally, and we want freedom and opportunity for the Palestinians, but not at the cost of pressuring Israel to constantly make, uh, you know, concessions. When the Palestinians refuse for almost 70 years to make peace, Look, it's time. It's time to make peace or, or, or not complain when things don't go your way. Well, maybe, maybe Jared not being a – I mean I'm going to play devil's advocate. Maybe not being an expert. All these experts and these professionals, what the heck have they done? I mean Israel yeah. gave up Gaza. Gaza turned into a, a terrorist haven. Uh, it took the is, Israelis to uh, you know, get the IDF to monitor that fence, put up that fence, that border fence, which has been amazingly effective in keeping out terrorism. Uh, but that was you know, that that wasn't the professionals' recommendation that is Israel do that. In fact, a lot of the professionals said that that was an act of aggression on Israel's part. In fact, that was a smart thing to do. Your borders do mean something. Yeah. And I know some of them are contested, exactly. but well, they do mean something. So the professionals have really botched this decade after decade after decade. And here we are, uh, you know, at this at this point where everyone's at a standoff still. And I think, you know, again, Joel, a lot of Americans are just sick of this. They're like they don't want to spend another dime in some godforsaken place in the Middle East where we have our boys coming back burned and without limbs. And and and, and we say, well, what 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 have we done? What have, we, what have we accomplished? Well, how are things getting better in the Middle East? And I think just regular people, they see it and they're like, this is a hornet's nest. We're never going to fix this. These are ancient, ancient struggles, and America has no place in this. I mean, that's what a lot of people are getting to that point well, if they're not already at that point. I, I hear you, and that has been a deep frustration. That You know, I write uh, fiction. I write political thrillers about worst-case scenarios, uh, ISIS. And, you know, the next book you mentioned, Without Warning, comes out next month. It's about ISIS penetrating inside the United States because we haven't protected our borders. We haven't kept ourselves safe. So I agree with you about the concern. Now, 
Israel, I would say, is not God, a God-forsaken place. I'm not talking about Israel. I'm talking about Syria. Now Trump's <laughs> I know what you mean. talking about sending troops to Syria. Uh, but, no, now I we're going so, into Syria with troops. Oh, Trump is coming in with a very different worldview, and I encourage that. I, I'm impressed by it. Um, my cautions about him in other areas notwithstanding, he sees Israel as the source of freedom and opportunity. We've never asked as Israelis, Americans to come in and fight for us. But we have asked America not to tie our hands behind our backs when we're fighting radical and apocalyptic Islam. And the president is showing tremendous leadership comparison, in comparison to Obama, which was constantly throwing us under the bus while telling us he was our best friend. So, look, I think that there's a real opportunity, not with the Palestinians, unfortunately, because they're intractable at the leadership level. But what are you seeing with Jordan, Egypt, the Saudis, the Gulf states, Morocco? You're seeing opportunities that are historic. The president mentioned it. Netanyahu mentioned it. There's an opportunity, I think, to work with our Arab allies against Iran and against ISIS. Well, they better get going. Not to sideline the Palestinian issue, but to not make it the centerpiece. Right. When there are other important issues and opportunities. Well, we had one. We had one guy in there who really had his eyes wide open about Iran. Mike Flynn. He's gone. I mean, he was one of the best people on the Iran issue and Islamism in general. And you know, they, not saying he did everything right either, but they certainly wanted him out. So that's that. That's a big loss for I think the cause of clarity and understanding. Uh, Joel Rosenberg, it's great to have you on. Thank you so much. We'll take a break on the Laura Ingram Show. Close out this hour. As now we learn, uh, supposedly, that the spy community, the, the deep dark, as they call it, are keeping intelligence information from the president but because, you know, they can't trust him. Don't go away. The Laura Ingram Show.